This is the official Caps Chirp Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I am back with another Thursday episode where we have an incredible interview lined up for you. We actually were able to reach out to Mikey Forbes of Out of Time, a band out of Florida doing punk rock, kind of uh, old school. I, I like it a lot. And then, um, you know, he's most importantly, though, a huge Caps fan. We're going to be talking all Caps. <clears throat> And a little bit of uh, music, and, and last time we talked, he was going on tour, so it was like a year ago. I'd love to kind of rehash all that, but uh, let's get right into it. Let's pop some tabs, and uh, I'm super excited to uh, talk to this guy, so let's go. One, two, three. All right, adding the stream now. Mikey, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me back, dude. Absolutely, absolutely. So I referenced in the in the intro, you were on tour, or you about to leave on tour cramming eight dudes in a van and you said that there was like a no fart rule and Polly <laughs> was with me and he was I was like you know for sure that dude's breaking that rule 10 miles uh after the onset of the trip and I remember you're going like up the east coast so you know how did that go man it was good man we had uh we had a lot of fun on it and uh yeah the the no farting rule did stand um <laughs> We didn't, nobody floated away, which is good, but, uh, in a band that hot in the summer, man, it, oh, I yeah. think it, it just would have been bad news bears if any, anyone let her rip. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that would be terrible. I mean, um, I don't know. I think anybody who's, who, who's gone on a road trip with a bunch of guys can, can under, can feel that pain. So, uh, definitely interesting, uh, <laughs> rule and I love it. So did, uh, I mean, you guys played how many shows it was like? Uh, I think it was like more than eight, right? Up and it was down. it was roughly around, it was roughly around eight or so. Um, okay. Ended with uh, Bar Down Break tour or the Bar Down Break Fest. You know, with your, our homies here on the Hockey Podcast ne- Network. Um, yeah, that, that was a lot of fun, man. That cool. uh, it went off really well, and um, you know, THPN was definitely repped pretty well there. Nice, nice. And so was this? Um, <clears throat> this was in Long Island, is that right? Uh, this was actually in Orlando. Um, okay. We have uh, some cool announcements coming up for it. Uh, you know, hopefully, you know, talking about a second one this year. So we'll see what's up. That's awesome. Yeah. So shout out Bar Down Breakdown. That's the uh, podcast that does rock and and hockey. Uh, you know, I guess not really that odd of a mixture once you think about it. But uh, they get a lot of, uh, you know, people who are recording artists and, and whatnot and with bands that come on and, and talk to them about both hockey and, and uh, rock. And it's, and that's actually who introduced us. So uh, good stuff, man. That's, I'm glad that I'm glad that things went off without a hitch. Um, so, I mean, yeah, what else is new? I mean, what have you been up to other than, uh, than that? Cause again, it's been like a year. Um, I mean, aside from that, we, we've been playing some shows. We just um, played a really good show this past weekend and, um, you know, met a lot of cool folks there. We, we have some cool, you know, cool tours we're going to be announcing pretty soon and, um, some other cool shows that are going to be announced as well. But, um, I mean, in the meantime, we've just been actually writing some new music. Uh, I, I personally have been playing a lot of hockey still and, <laughs> um, yeah. watching, 
watching quite a fair amount of hockey as well. Awesome, dude. Hell yeah. Um, and so I hope this isn't rude to ask, but like, is because obviously uh, podcasting for me is like a hobby that that I don't, I can't do full time. Um, is and I mean, is this uh, is music like your full time job? Essentially, yeah. Um, I did have a nine to five, and not rude at all to ask. No, I love answering this question, but uh, I did awesome. have a nine to five. But you know, when we got signed, you know, I wanted to make sure I could you know really free up my time. So um, I have other skills too. So I just I've been freelancing. Um, like I do screen printing and, uh, you know, just other stuff on the side and, um, and then music, you know, I really get to focus that in and, um, uh, it's fun. It's fun. It's a cool, uh, it's a cool job to have. Fucking a man living the dream. I think what, so <laughs> be honest, what was, and, and you play goaltender, you're attendee, right? Okay. Yep. yep. All right. So we got attendee on our hands, folks. Just, you know, we should get that out early, but, uh, so what if you were to rank it professional hockey player or professional musician like that's got to be like 1a 1b right or or is it is it different were you like i want to be a paleontologist you know when when you were a kid or what <clears throat> it could be either hockey or music um <laughs> it was definitely one of the two that's like all i was good at i was i mean in school like the only subject that really interested me was history so like there's a brief moment I'm like, ah, if this stuff doesn't work out, it could be a history teacher. And I'm like, nah. Oh, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, like, no, I can't do that shit. Um, <laughs> you know, um, just dealing with, like, a bunch of disrespectful kids. Uh, right. But, no, like, it, like, I definitely did the 9 to 5 thing. I, I, I did it, and um, I, like, I was good at it. But the, the thing is, like, it wasn't as fulfilling as it is, like, with music or hockey and, like, you know, those things that, were like my hobbies like I just came really passionate about um you know and pushing through with music like all the cool stuff that happened we didn't mean for it to like really happen so like that made it even better and kind of showed I was like you know what man this this always made sense it felt right so you know let's give it a go dude that's so badass I love it and honestly like um <clears throat> you know I mean yeah just straight up living the dream I, I think I think that's the that's the key takeaway here. So, uh, 100% jealous over here, man. <laughs> Good for you. Um, <clears throat> all right. So, I mean, I was thinking maybe like we could play a song if that's cool. Yeah, uh, sure. yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. So what I'll do is I'll just, uh, like throw us up here on the stream and, uh, I'll, I'll mute <laughs> us really quick and then, uh, and then, uh, and then we'll, we'll get going. Cool. Cool. Grand opening of the out of time skate park. I'll just take my beer. 
And that was Out of Time, featuring lead singer Mikey Forbes, who we have right now on the official Caps Chirp podcast. <laughs> okay, dude, I'm sorry. I've always wanted to do that NPR thing. Um, like, uh, <clears throat> I'll be honest. So, love it. Awesome, dude. I loved it. That was a fucking. That was a, a awesome song. I love it. <laughs> and dude, I just noticed uh, that Bar Down Breakdown. The drummer is wearing like a Bar Down Breakdown shirt. That's badass. So wait, you I do. Was, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh no, sorry. I was gonna say I was actually uh, skateboarding in the video wearing a Capitals like the jersey tank. Yeah, yeah, I saw that too at the very end there. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah the bar down key is sick. Yeah, yeah, that's sweet. Um, and so you do screen printing. We we had like merch before, but uh, maybe I should like re- we should talk offline. Like maybe order like a bunch of shirts from you and like be like, yo, take like three of these and hand them out. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I'd love to. I'm, dude, I'll definitely. I'd probably. I'd definitely be uh, repping one myself. Well, hell yeah, dude. Yeah, we'll have to. We'll have to do, do something for sure there. Um, Absolutely. but awesome, man. Yeah. So, uh recording artist doing it full time i love it man i love it uh you know i guess what's the what's the big challenge with with it all we'll, we'll also, i'll throw you a couple of meatballs and then we'll do our ad read how about that sounds good to me um so like what's uh i guess is is touring the big thing because you're gonna be away i mean what's the big you know what are you guys trying to do i see that there were some sponsor placements in that music video and stuff like mm-hmm. um Actually, no, here's, here's the question I want to know. How cool, I mean, like, what was it like doing those, those music videos? Like, do you have, is that a place in Florida that you know about, or do you hire someone to, to shoot that and do it all for you or what? Uh, yeah. So we actually, the skate park is actually like five minutes from my house. Um, Oh, nice. it's It's a sweet spot. It's a free park, which is great. Um, but uh, we actually have some friends that, that uh, run Black Card Media. Their their videos are phenomenal. Um, they did a couple of the videos for our uh, full length record that we put out in 2022, and uh, it was a lot of it's a lot of fun to do. But it is, they are based out of Florida, but they uh, they they do, they're doing some pretty big stuff now. It's it's sweet to see uh, them growing out of here. Yeah. Uh, Lindo has such a it's it's just crazy how many talented people are here. That's awesome, man. Hell yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah, I'm I'm honestly kind of blown away because obviously I don't get to like I've always wanted to have uh somebody on that I could play like their music and then like do that whole situation that we just did. So hopefully Caps fans, you liked it. That was a first for me and for the uh for the show. And uh so yeah. Let's uh <laughs> I was telling Mike, I was telling you in the, in the pre-interview before we get into like all the crazy, obviously hockey stuff. Cause we've talked to zero about hockey. Uh, I promise you it's coming though. Caps fans. And I know you're itching to, uh, <clears throat> to hear about it, but you know, we've got a, a new sponsor Raycon, uh, headphones and Mike, I was wondering, like, have you heard about this brand? Cause they're relatively new. I actually have, um, the guitar player of my band, who is uh, the new co-host on Bar Down uh, Breakdown, which is also on the po- Hockey Podcast Network, mm-hmm. um, Justin, he's been using them because you know those guys were told him about them, and you know, it's like, dude, you got to give these a go, and um, you know, he he can't say enough good things about them for sure. So I'm I'm considering giving them uh, giving them a shot myself. Awesome. Well, you know, if you do, there are three customizable sound profiles. 
earbud tap functions, noise isolation, awareness mode, custom gel grips to the perfect, most comfortable in-ear fit, crystal clear call quality, water and sweat resistant, and eight everyday buds or 11 every, or everyday earbuds or 11 everyday speaker hours of playtime. So uh, depending on how you use them, it sounds like they, they last really long. And if you're ready to get them, uh, buy something small with a big impact. Go buy, go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off today. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. Thank us later. And thank Mikey Forbes too. <laughs> Good stuff. I also, Caps fans, as you know, are longstanding uh, sponsor DraftKings is is running deals all <clears throat> all week, all month, all the time. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sports. We're going to fish sports betting partner of the NBA this week. New customers can bet five dollars and win two hundred dollars in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no sweat same game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt in, and place a same game parlay on any NBA team, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. Download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook and Fish Sports Betting Partner of the NBA with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. Wow, they're really, really after Ohio in that one. I don't know. I've been seeing a lot of bad. It's funny because I live like five minutes from Ohio. So, oh damn, uh, really? Yeah, out here in Wheeling, in the uh, in in West Virginia. So interesting. Um, and, but I would agree. I would absolutely agree with all of the the Ohio hate. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. All right. All right. All right. So did all that? Did all the music stuff, man? I uh, and. Uh, I'm always like worried worried about talking too much about like what people do on on the pod because like when I go on other pods that aren't hockey focused, I'm like, dude, I just want to talk about anything but <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, it's all good. I mean, I it's with music, it's uh, it's fun when they get to cross over the music and hockey because like hockey, I can talk your off all day. Oh yeah, I can't wait. So now. Let me ask you this. Obviously, there's a huge, like, bar down br- breakdown. Like, they get new guests all the time. There's obviously a ton of connection there. Like, do you find that the the rock scene and, like, the music scene is synonymous with hockey fans? Or there's just, like, a bunch of hockey fans in it? Is that just how it worked out or what? Actually, yeah. Like, it's <laughs> it's surprising. Like, it's such a counterculture, but um, it's so prevalent in, in the music, music industry. Like, even... Uh, Darkest Hour, you know, they wrote the Caps, um, the Caps fight song, and oh, yeah. like, yeah, it's 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 really cool. As I met um, one of those guys, he's also in a band called Be Well. That's out of the DMV, mm-hmm. and uh, I was like wearing my Caps lanyard, and I saw him play at House of Blues down here, and he was like, "Oh, dude, Caps!" And I was like, <laughs> "I was like, oh, that makes sense because you're up there, and like, it's like, oh crap, that's a guitar player from Darkest Hour." They, these caps, and it was cool because we just like we didn't actually talk anything about music, but we chatted like a little bit about caps hockey, and um, it it's cool to see that like hockey is is the like hammer from Violent Gentlemen, the clothing company said, you know, hockey is the punk rock of sports. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think that uh, 
I think that the lifestyles and like the viewpoint on life for sure crossover uh, 100%. So that's awesome, man. That's good. Um, All right. So let's talk a little bit about the Washington Capitals. We just saw the Toronto Maple Leafs run roughshod um, over them. I wasn't able to watch everything, but because my, uh, you know, less than legal stream kept dipping out. So uh, (laughs) I, I, I tuned into John Walton and I'll be honest, I was laying down. I was I was nodding in and out of consciousness because, man, it seemed like as soon as the second started, the wheels fell off. I mean, uh, you got to watch the game. What did What did you see? I uh, I think it's I think defensive woes were definitely missing. Um, we're missing something. Like we, I think we have strong defense, but like you know that anchor that John Carlson can be. And and we were talking in the pre-show. This like it could be controversial how like we feel, but like we historically do perform, you know, better in games, you know, when, you know, when he's present, when Babe's there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that, oh, the last time we talked, we talked a bit about goaltending um, and yeah. who the goalie would be this year and what an improvement. Uh, <laughs> we, we definitely, we like, I think they've been, they've been studs, but like we, we need to help our attendees out um, on the back end. And I mean, obviously tonight also showed us that uh, we need to score more goals. So wherever that's going to come from. Yeah. No, I mean, um, this is, I think that the Capitals are a lot more balanced than uh, some people may give them credit for. I think that their their blue line's got solid personnel and and I think Lavi's system works. The problem that I see is like you said, I mean, it's dependent upon studs, right? I mean, any, anybody who's, I mean, you've played hockey, there's systems to be had, but, uh, you know, we're not Herb's Herb's Brooks in it. Wow. Stumbled over that one out here you know like we're <clears throat> we're we're not looking just for the right players you know we are in the NHL you are looking for the best players and when that clicks it clicks um you know Ovi's been not scoring at the pace that he was earlier obviously that's one guy but uh in our in our run you know if you think about it we had Nick Dowd in the lineup uh, he was driving a lot of offense. That guy's relentless on the puck. Guy, I mean, you, know, you look at guys that you would just hate to play against, and it's like the Washington Capitals' <laughs> fourth line all day, right? Um, oh, definitely. And it has as, been. Yeah, especially like Garnet Hathaway just coming in. Like, I love it because he just goes in <laughs> into the scrum when, when the goalie is freezing the puck for, for no reason. For no reason other than just to, like, throw his weight around and, and, and be kind of a dick to everybody. Um it's under the skin, and it, I mean, it, it's worked. Our, our fourth line, like when it's Doubter and Half, like those guys, studs. Like they're, <laughs> they're studs on the back end, and they don't even have to put up all the points, but they can just like their play is a statement. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I mean, just so much energy that comes off that. Seeing guys work so hard for you know, and it, it's a, a forty-five second shift like that has got. I mean, I don't think any normal person can go out and put in that effort uh, that they do. Um, you know, I love it. They're they're usually turning pucks over. It just seems like, and when you get fourth line scoring, when they're scoring, you know everything's good, right? Because if they're scoring, everybody else has to be feeling it and, and putting the puck in the back of the net. But you're right, man. I mean, uh, early in the se- season, uh, I put out an episode and was like, look, the Washington Capitals to be successful are going to need to score three plus goals a night. Like if they if they score three, I think that it's uh, pretty pretty. Uh, you know, a good game. It's going to be good. Like things can happen. You can get blown out, whatever, but at least they put up the, the, the requisite amount of offense that they need to. Now 
obviously scoring goals is hard in the NHL. So, <clears throat> and with, with goalie averages being around two, that's a pretty easy statement to say, but with our offense, you know, I feel like, I mean, we almost put up double digits on, on Montreal earlier in this season, which was wild. Um, Ovi had a hat trick. I mean, you know, that's when you look at the peaks of a team, it's, it's really tough to, to see that go away completely, you know, and that's unfortunately the cruel mistress of offense, right? You're a goaltender. You probably see it in your beer league teams. Boys are buzzing. Pucks getting whipped around. It's going in. And then, you know, there's games where you're just getting hammered or nobody's doing anything and you're seeing not a lot of shots, but yeah, they're going in. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, uh, what, and when we talked about, you know, cause uh, the next question was like, Oh, so you're not on the John Carlson trade, John Carlson hate train, which I don't think any sensible hockey fan or caps fan is either, but yeah. you talked an interesting trade. So yeah, let's hear that one. So, um, yeah, this, this would be the one that to me that would make sense because, you know, he's still a younger guy, but I mean, Chikrin, I think, would be, you know, a pretty solid addition to that blue line. And plus, you know, being able to gamble with, you know, his his injury history, you know, I think that that could have a lot of a lot of upside for us, maybe even get another prospect out of there, um, you know, pick. Uh, but it also that's more enticing to take on the, the entire salary, which, I mean, we're having so much salary fall off the books, you know, this offseason that, you know, it could be, you know, good retooling for us, so. I think Chikrin would be a nice young addition if you could, you know, if you if you pair it right. But he's he's a good defender and I was somebody I wouldn't sleep on. Yeah, it's an interesting. In honestly, that is the congratulations. That's the most like a level headed take I think I've seen in a while on how to move John Carlson out. Um, Thank you. <laughs> unfortunately, I mean, I, I and I like it, and you're right. That makes total sense for both teams. <clears throat> the problem is, is it? I think that. I, I mean, and I'm okay with this though, that the Washington Capitals are probably going to see this John Carlson contract out I, or I think it's a little too early to be pulling the trigger on him because yeah, he's got like four years left, three or four years. Um, and, you know, who knows? I, I just don't think that the Washington Capitals are going to jump at something uh, too regressive. But at the same time, if you look at it, you, you, may, you bring up the perfect point and kind of talking through this really is uh, kind of opened my eyes a bit. Like really we are rebuilding the defense from the ground up next year. Yeah. Like it's going to have to happen. <clears throat> you know, the blue line is totally uh, over cap. First of all, and all of these guys who are on the blue line right now, who are up for contracts like Orlov, uh, Jensen, like TVR, like all these guys that have been playing like really nice roles for us are going to be looking for a raise next year, right? I think, uh, I mean, Jensen to me is uh, would be a big priority because I, I just think low key is his play is so consistent. It's um, he's a guy I'd like to see stick around. The same with TVR. Um, and, you know, we all love Orlov and like I, I am somebody I want to see Carlson stay around because he's a lifer, like, you know. He was drafted by the Cavs. He played for the Bears. Like, right. It, we all want to see him do well. And when John Carlson's on, like that's like he's Norris candidate, John Carlson. And you know, having him around, you have to be able to figure out how to fit those right pieces in. 
as much I love Orlov, but he's definitely going to command a raise. And I, I we might have the cap space, but I don't know. Do you dump a lot into that? But then again, who's who else is going to step into that role? Right. That's an that's a really interesting take because I had your same conviction, but for Orlov, and then I was like, Jenny can he can he can go and command something else. But honestly, to your point, for those teams that are looking for uh, a puck moving heavy body, reliable D man who has like an upside in offense, not to say that Jensen and TVR don't, but I think that Orlov is a little bit more proven. Um, and he's a little bit more flashy, right? Like the, the one handed dangles at the blue line look so good. Like he doesn't need to do that. Like he he doesn't, I mean, he does it. And, but like the gap that he creates with that one handed sweep is like way more, he reminds me a lot of myself. I'm always overcompensating on like my deeks. So I'm like, I'm like going way like 10 feet to the side where I really didn't need to go. I feel like that's him. Um, the, the difference is that he gets back into shooting position like instantly and it, and like, I'm like, I don't know, putting the puck in the corner or something. So <laughs> yeah, I guess that was the only thing that, that, that stopped me from getting into the show. Right. <laughs> Dude, I mean, I, I love how, how Orlov plays. He's, he's also a big hitter for us, which is mm-hmm. huge. Like some of my favorite hits in, in memory are like, sorry, Matt Duchesne, man. But like, what he, what he, remember, like how could we yeah. forget that? He just, yes. Yeah, um, absolutely. Like cartwheeled him. And I mean, that was just a incredibly violent the way that he because, you know, you see that guy coming with your hip. You're like, I'm if you look up in the and you can you can't even see above the dashers on this guy. Like you're like, oh, I'm going to get fucked up here soon. And just boom, yeah. he, he hits that. And it's uh, it was a beautiful hip check. Yeah. I mean, the art of the hip check in, in hockey has gone way down. You know, we look at it in recent times, you know, I thought P.K. Subban could always lay a good one. I think Orlov can lay a good one. Um, Cronwall was like a really good, he had, he wasn't the open ice hip checker, but like he used his hips almost entirely when he was doing, you know, the locking down this, those boards. Like he was a good one too, but I don't know. Do you have getting any favorite? Cronwalled. Who? Getting Cronwalled. I think yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Right. On the, on, on the boards there. What uh? You have any uh, favorite checkers of, of of your time, caps or otherwise? I loved, I, I loved the grid of uh, just how Chris Simon played. Oh yeah, like he he was just also like the nicest guy. I think I met him more than any other capital when I was a kid, and it's because really? he would spend so much time, you know, talking to the kids. He's a great guy. Um, he was always fun. Damn, he was a dick, but Scott Stevens would, I mean, he was just such right. a, he, he delivered my least favorite hits, but also like some of the, some of the best hits, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, the Stevens Korea one, that was just, Lindros. yeah, Lindros right to the head, but you know, like, <clears throat> and unfortunately for Scott Stevens, who has, who is not only an absolute butcher on the ice, but he he was a solid defenseman you know otherwise as well um oh, he was you know when you talk but but honestly you talk about the fear factor of going into a corner with a guy and i think that like the first person that you think about or even just like going through the zone or going through the neutral zone with your head down like you think about uh guys that made that saying incredibly true and scott stevens mm-hmm. definitely that one um but like you look at his hits now like all of those would be illegal 
100 they they would have shot Scott Stevens on the ice in front of everyone in, in corporal execution <laughs> <clears throat> with the amount of you know amount of head contact that they had and you know the chicken wing he was famous for getting that arm that elbow to the head oh yeah <laughs> unreal yeah so the people's elbow before it was the people's elbow um yeah so yeah i mean uh that's obviously though i mean I, and I don't know, you know, what's sad, what's sad, us being elder millennials, right? Uh, the, the sad part is, like, kids are never going to understand. Like, they just look at those clips and they're just like, that's a dirty play in today's, right, mm-hmm. NHL. And you look back and you're like, yeah, but, like, Scott Stevens, like, when he was on the ice, everybody was yelling. They're like, you know, fucking just get it deep and get off. Just don't die. <laughs> yeah. You know? Like, it's, you had to plan around around that guy and it's like, you had to make sure you had your head up. Right. Like they, like you don't have guys that you have to plan around like that. in these, this day and age, I mean like, yeah, you have the Tom Wilson's, but like Tom Wilson's play, uh, like even you could say Marchand's play like back then would just kind of almost blend, um, as anybody else would in a top six role. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, because they would probably be the, like, yeah, they'd be a thorn in your side, but you'd have, you know, hell of a, a lot of other guys to look out for. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like the you person just, that you'd really want to not get hurt by would be like the guy that's on the, on the blue line there. Right. <clears throat> yeah. Like, like, well, then they asked Ovi, like, like if he ever played with Crosby, who would he want his other r- winger to be? Um, and he said Brashear because he needs some, they would need somebody to protect them. <laughs> but like, dude, yeah. I love my my dad was a big uh, Brashear fan. I actually gave, uh, bought him a Brashear like uh, jersey, like the jersey shirt. Yeah. Um, like my dad just loves how like gritty he was, and like I remember when when he scored his first goal for the Capitals, just how happy he was, and like the bench lit up. So, you know that that that'll be interesting to see. Uh, Ovi with Sid up the middle, and then Brashear on the other side. <laughs> what a line! I feel like those guys would give him like a thirty goal season. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> um, 30 goals and like 300 PIMs. <laughs> One line. <laughs> be impressive. Like it's like 30 goals and he'd only like been able to play like 55 games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> In this no, NHL. No. Yeah, dude. But yeah. He, he was awesome. He was. He wasn't. And, uh, you know, I think I just saw a Twitter clip. Uh, he's in like senior league playing somewhere. Still, still chucking a man, beat the shit out of some guy, left in a pool oh. of blood. Like people, fans. I saw fans throwing like stuff on the ice, and yeah, it was crazy. So uh, that was up in Canada somewhere, where like I guess senior leagues pretty serious, but uh, crazy stuff, awesome. crazy stuff. <laughs> never change. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Some things never change, and, and they shouldn't. To be completely honest, oh, um, I, I love him just how he is. <laughs> Uh, dude, I love that you threw back to Chris Simon, man. You're right. That guy was, and you know, he wasn't afraid to fight either. I'm not, you know, it's, it's funny cause he would go up against heavyweights and, but I don't really like look at Chris Simon is, is like the, the archetypal heavyweight of the time, you know, cause he also yeah. scored and, and contributed on, on the ice. He wasn't just there to fight, but, uh, obviously being a pest was, was definitely one of his things. Locker, you know, Locker on the on the broadcast talks about him every once in a while because he got to play with him. Yeah, dude, I, that was a fun that was fun uh, a fun squad we grew up with. Like, 
you know, the Connor Wolchucks, Zednik, Witt, Johansson. Yeah. Uh, of course, dude, like Bonsai, like Pavanka. It, it was just, a, it was a fun squad to watch. And having somebody like Chris Simon, like, there's one year I think Bondra got injured and, like, he was, like, the leading scorer on the Caps and he scored, like, 27 <laughs> goals. Yeah. And then, like, everybody was so stoked for it. But, like, he had, like, long hair and then one season he's coming back like he shaved his head completely bald <laughs> yeah and then still just just such a stud out there man it's <laughs> the sweetest guy i don't know if you ever got the chance to meet him but like he he would like at the caps like at um where's the piney orchard they used to practice at yeah um and at the tunnel at the games man he would he would be out there all, like all day meeting you know young and old so just a really good guy absolutely yeah um, also, I, I believe he has some uh, native heritage too. He was a he was a native and can like Native American from uh, Canada, right? So I believe so. Yeah, cool stuff, man. Yeah, absolutely, Chris Simon, legend. Um, <laughs> all right, so let's we're we're going way back into the member. We're we're showing our age, bud. I think like really bad. <laughs> hey, we're, we're the pre we're the pre OV fans, so it, yeah, it's nice to reminisce. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny. I still have like ticket stubs from like the playoffs between them and Tampa Bay, like way back in the Southeast division days. And we lost and, um, I was in high school and like, I had two of my friends and then like my parents with me, we were up in the Eagles nest, like the nosebleed seats. And like, people were throwing beer <laughs> after we lost beer was going everywhere. And we were just like, Oh my God, this is wild. So, uh, love to see it. Love to see it. Caps fans. <laughs> um, all right, so, you know, I mean, let's look at right now. The Washington Capitals are still in a playoff spot. You know, blast from the past aside, uh, we've still got the first somehow because Pittsburgh is is giving us a hand shitting the bed here. Uh, we, I believe, as of tonight, yeah, we still hold the number one wild card in the East uh, at fifty eight points. Penguins right on our heels at fifty seven. And then the nightmare fuel is the people, uh, Buffalo, it's got 56 points, the Islanders 55, and Florida is 51. Now, I said that Philadelphia, early on in the season when they were tanking, Philadelphia isn't completely out of it yet. Like, there's, they have 51 points, they have a negative 20 goal differential, so it's not likely that they make the playoffs, but man, a fortunate run could put them in a wild card spot, so... We've got four teams, you know, potentially able to take the Washington Capitals out of the playoffs completely, uh, and we have Pittsburgh right on our heels. I mean, what do you think? Uh, I mean, what is? How does that make you feel? Ah, <laughs> uh, well, I know our division is tough. I mean, there's definitely been some dark horses in there, you know, with Buffalo, and I feel like at any time they were going to heat up. Yeah, uh, like you said with Philly, I don't think you can count towards out, man. Um, He's not the type of guy that's going to just tank or just what he's going to try to find a way to win. Right. And, um, dude, I definitely, I mean, the Islanders, they're, I mean, they're, they're still a good team. I would, I, I would really, some, some just tell me, but, you know, Buffalo is just that dark horse that, yeah. you know, people might count out. But Craig Anderson is, is an excellent goalie. And, you know, I think that if we had him, and net more of, you know, the bubble season, I think we could have done a, even a little bit better, but, you know, that's in the past. But that guy is, he's a solid goalie, and you know what you're going to get out of him every night. 
Yeah. So I think the Sabres could be somebody to, to look out for. Could be interesting. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, speaking of goaltending, you know, you, you touched on it briefly for the Caps. Ended up jettisoning, uh, jettisoning both Sammy and uh, – and this is something we talked about in our first interview – we, we let go of Sammy and VTech. And the funny thing is we only got a return for VTech. We just let a first round draft pick, you know, just mm-hmm. goaltender go into the sunset. Um, and, you know, we were, we were basically agree- in agreement that this tandem is just, I just thought they were too young together. Um, yeah. There was probably a little bit too much competition. Uh, and I think that they, it got to their play. Uh, you know, obviously having healthy competition is great, but I feel like, the best goaltending hierarchy is there's a guy that's like a number one starter. He's the veteran, right? And, you know, there are times when, because when you're a veteran and you get the net stolen from you, you're like, well, I'm a little older and, you know, I've already had the net and, you know, you have all these things to fall back on. Obviously I'm sure it doesn't feel great, but when there's two guys that are both trying to come up, you know, I feel like that might be just bad bad juju between them. You know what I mean? Cause they're both like, I need to still make my name here. And I'm like, I'm going to try to get through anybody that can do it, that to, to do it. You know, I mean, what's your take on that? I think they were both, it was in a tough position. Like they, like they had a good bromance in Hershey and Hershey and I'm sure there are buds here, but like the pressure is different in the show. Oh, yeah. And these guys, I, th- I think that it got to them. And as fans, it was like, God, who's, who's the guy. And we we're also just begging like one of them to step up and, I think a change of scenery definitely did them good, and you know, you know, Vtex is stud. He's doing great in New Jersey, and you know, I, I think that Sammy has actually kind of found his form a little bit this season when he's healthy. Yeah, um, and and I mean, it's funny because you, like we said, you you go out and basically Vtech Vanacek was backing up for New Jersey uh, with, I mean, they had like what Mackenzie Blackwood, who yeah, I guess Blackwood. you. Could, you could say Mackenzie Blackwood was is a veteran in the league, and technically you would be right, but he hasn't been an uber successful veteran. So he came into like a. I feel like that's still low pressure, right? You don't have a first round draft pick like breathing down your neck. You've got like somebody who's a veteran who's willing to to share the net a little bit more, I guess. Um, but he's absolutely going off. I mean, he's getting NHL. They're get, in New Jersey getting NHL goaltending is a huge reason as to why they're looking at the standing position that they're in. Yeah. And uh, you know, to your point about uh, Samsonov, yeah, I mean, he's he's got a stud cast around him. I mean, if you think about it, hockey hockey wise, this might be the best thing for Ilya Samsonov because he's going to the number one hockey market in the world. And, yeah. you know, honestly, like he's, he's a stud. I'm sure everybody in Toronto knows his name, right? Which is crazy yeah. in a city like that. Uh, so, you know, sometimes if you love things, you got to let them go. <laughs> it, it's, it's always nice to see him do well though. Like I, I'm is. loving, loving it, especially cause our situation is, is awesome. Um, we got our veteran and, um, I think we actually have a good, like a true tandem, like, we can't sleep on Chucky, man. He, uh, I know, that... dude. He's he's been behind so many stud goalies, like you know, between Montreal and St. Louis. Like, and his numbers in the AHL are outstanding. Like now that he has a, like a true shot, you know, like he's proved himself. Like, hey, we we got two good goalies. It's it's nice, and I'm excited to see what they do together in the future. 
And how about McClellan's just wizardry in the offseason to bring all these guys in like Dylan Strom, Sonny Milano, and and the two uh, – and we haven't seen Brown, but that was a good pickup too. People, It's underrated, yeah. and he'll probably never get full credit for doing that because the dude got injured long-term like at the beginning of the season, like three games in. But, um, you know, the, the goalie tandem alone to, to flip okay. those two and not getting great return and then just going out and getting them, I mean – uh, they're both locked in for, for a decent term as well. So like the, the, that position for us, we've, we've made our bed. We're going to, we're going to lay in it and I'm, I'm feeling pretty comfy. What about you? Dude, snug as a bug in a rug, baby. I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> happy as can be. It's, yeah. uh, it's night and day. And, uh, I think that they're only going to get better together. Um, side note, God damn, they're, the setups are beautiful. I'm loving oh it. Oh my god! It's like going back to the old days, the Colzer tribute. You know, I'm I'm loving that. Oh yeah, me too, uh, dude. The gold pads, like, come on, get out, dude. <laughs> the The best part about the gold pads is like that was something that like you could, like that was so. I mean, goalie pad, and you're a goalie, so you know. Goalie pad technology and the way the color schemes and things that, that people get. I think the most outlandish thing I ever saw in person uh, in the DMV, obviously, because this kid's parents had money to buy these pads for him, uh, <laughs> were those Eagle. So I had Eagle Pro. Do you remember the Pro Glow gloves mm-hmm. that were like shiny? Yeah, I had those. So I'm that douchebag. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I still wear them like. 20 years later and all the pro glow has chipped off and they're just, they just look like fuzzy, fuzzy mittens out there. (laughs) Yeah. They're old as shit. Um, but then, uh, but you remember the pro glow goalie pads that it was all the goalie pad, the entire goalie front facing, like the pad part was all pro glow material. That was like, that was the craziest shit that I ever saw Eagle doing big things. But then, you know, and then you had like the Vons, the Heatons, the Coho, but they all had like each brand had their kind of like designated pattern in the NHL and that was it. But I mean, you know, we talked about the old school. You've got to be loving the insane creativity that you're seeing now with these custom pads uh, from manufacturers and, and, you know, even third party people that are that are modifying the pads. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, it's cool seeing a lot of goalies uh, around the league and just everywhere doing you know, tributes to old sets, like old Heaton sets, um, mm. a lot earlier. But, I mean, I, I, I'm happy to see a Lindgren set up for the stadium series is, you know, Lundqu- what Lundqvist was going to use, but just like in the two uh, two color tones. So I'm, yeah. I'm hoping they'll see some, they'll see some uh, ice time, man. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I mean, I did see that, and I was like, man, bold move, Chuck, like getting a whole pad set for – a series that you may just like ride pine for, but uh, good for him also. Like he must, he's truly a, con- a connoisseur of, of the goalie equipment, I'll which, I'll <laughs> which easy. yeah, I can, I can approve <laughs> of that, man. I mean, I feel like, you know, because here's the thing I I'm, it's not verified. And honestly, I'll have to ask like Carl Osner, like, or somebody who's, who's, who I know that they would know this answer, but like when the goalies get that shit, I believe that either the team or them have to have to pay for it. Like they, it's not like, you know, Bowers, like, you know, here's like 12 grand worth of pads, like for free that we're going to, you know, we already gave you, they have that. Obviously the team pays for that in the beginning of the season, probably like a few sets. We, you know, Braden Holpe had reported that he 
goes through like three or four sets, uh, full sets of goalie equipment a year, which is crazy to me. Yeah. Uh, how long have you had your goalie equipment? Um, my current set I've had for about four years. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, right. I'm, I'm actually looking to upgrade my pads finally, but um, my blocker I upgraded recently and my glove like about a year and a half, two years ago. So pretty happy with uh, with my glove, but I'm actually – uh, I might I might go with a different blocker and um, when I'm whenever I upgrade my pads, but definitely nice. definitely need an upgrade, man. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, you know, just I don't have the same luxury that the that the guys in the show do. But well, Caps fans, buy some records, go to some shows, and and you know you'll be you'll be directly funding Mike's uh Mike's goalie pad fund here. So definitely Please look them up. That'd yeah. be wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> um. But, you know, and and I find that crazy. But, like, back to the original thing is, like, I feel like Charlie Lindgren had to, like, call somebody or at least talk to an equipment manager. And then the equipment manager is like, yo, I got a fucking goalie. He wants this shit. Like, he's he's talking to his his guy at Bauer or whatever. He's like, who can do this? And there's a, I'm sure there's a whole to-do. Obviously, it's a small little niche industry. But, uh, you know, all these leather makers that are out here doing that. I mean, some of the craftsmanship – from back in the day to what it is now is just so epic and and the gold pads that Kemper has for the reverse retro which I see you rocking that shirt that's badass dude I tried to get a jersey I couldn't get one I was too late I was I, I drug ass too much to to get one but I, I I need to get some cops some gear but um but yeah like oh they see him at uh MedStar right yeah yeah they had a they had they have blanks I believe but they were all like triple xls or like extra smalls oh, yeah you know right so i haven't been by obviously because i live like four hours away but like people were like going and they're like yeah they don't have any of the guys like they have nobody and it's all these like um these like hype monsters i think that are like buying them and trying to sell them in the resale like they'll just go oh, and yeah, like, buy like 10 um it, which, like it, i saw someone on ebay today there's like an ov for for like 5.99 i'm like get the fuck out of here man oh my god you <laughs> oh dude and you know like that's that's how you know your fucking your jersey pops, dude. Like the one that you you really like your reverse retro is like sick as shit. First of all, it's a limited release, and if and if the hype monsters are all on it and they're fucking like just buying them all up, you know that it's it's over, right? <laughs> you I wonder that? who the next uh, jersey guy who or the next uh, jersey uh, provider is going to be for the league. Yeah, I don't know because what do they? Uh, it's been Adidas, and they had Reebok before. I mean, and Adidas, I think, is through next season, maybe, and yeah. then somebody new. You know, I would, I would venture to say they re up with with Adidas because unless my, Nike comes in and and just if Nike came in to do it, I don't know if they're going to go back to Reebok. You know, that just because Nike hockey at one point was owned by Bauer, mm-hmm. and then they like just they just were like, all right, we're just gonna take like whatever proprietary knowledge we have of this shit. And then like, there's no more Nike hockey gear. Uh, eventually it just did that. So I don't know which way it went, like who owns who or who's collaborating with who, but yeah. <laughs> and Reebok was, was basically a CCM back in the day. So, yeah, you know, I feel like when you have, you know, the Canadian hockey company versus in hockey, they're really, really ingrained. So they may go back to Reebok, Reebok, but, Adidas seems to be kind of like the apparel outlier, you know what I mean? No real hockey ties uh, other than the other two big brands. But who knows? Maybe they'll be like Puma 
or something. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Puma hockey jerseys. That would be that would be pretty epic. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't care. I, as long as they make it look good, uh, I can't. Yeah, you know, I don't care. Yeah, whatever. Apparently, because apparently Adidas said they that they were they weren't going to re up. So right. Oh, I, oh, did they? I would, yeah, I mean, that's the last report I saw. But I would love to see CCM. Mm. That's just me being the hockey player and fan. So right. Yeah, that's 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 who it. Sh- I mean, should always be CCM, right? I mean, back in the day. All the good jerseys were CCM, and they had the, like the Canadian flag on it. You know, I just felt like that was just proper branding. Let's bring back CCM. Yeah. All right. I'm I'm with it. Hashtag CCM jerseys. Start it now, Caps Nation. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. So I know we've kind of like rambled around and just like bullshitted. So I hope Caps fans really like this. But I mean, um, you know, what's your outlook, uh, Mikey, on on just are the cat? I had Sam Pell on, by the way, like beginning of the mm-hmm. season, and she nice. said the Caps were a bubble team, and I was like, "Damn, Sam, you're pessimistic. Like that's fucked up." And then, <laughs> and lo and behold, she's been 120 percent right, uh, even through the ups and downs, like even through our surges and in, in our in our low points. Which you know, honestly, the season right now is isn't exactly in a low point, but it's definitely riding that kind of average. Uh, between the high and low points that we have seen, uh, she was absolutely right. So, I mean, what's your what's your thoughts on the playoffs? Like, are the Caps in? Are they out? What's going on? I think we're in. I think we're in. But I think we're in at the highest spot would be a three finish. Um, I think wild card is more realistic for sure. Uh, we definitely need to do something at the deadline um, on defense, and you know, something like something to spark the offense. Outside of, outside of that, dude, re-sign Dylan Strom as soon as possible, dude. I, I yes. think he's give him a home. This is this is Strom's home, man. Like, let's, let's keep him in DC. I like it. Like, I, I would love to see him long term here. He's, I think he's a, I think he fits right in with this squad, and I, I'd like to see see them grow with him in mind. And uh, and I know you mentioned Connor Brown earlier. I would, oh, a little. I was so looking forward to those guys, you know, clicking know. throughout the year, but. We'll see what the future holds. Um, regardless, we got to get them some help, and I think we still need that to be able to obtain that wild card or you know three spot. So you think that the the team's uh, in buyer status, if you will, uh, throughout this? And you know the the crazy part is that I bet the number one question that uh, McClellan is fielding because dude, did you know Dylan Strom is a fucking RFA? How oh, he is? is I, know, I know that he's. this is a contract here, but I know he's RFA. Yeah, so we retain the rights to him for a long time. So, like, here's the thing. And I, I had a whole epi about this uh, before, but I believe Dylan Strom, yeah, he's an, he's an RFA. So the thing with him is that, which is wild, right? You would think that a guy like that had been locked to uh, some sort of real pro deal, right? Um, and... I bet he's fielding or Brian McClellan is fielding so many calls about, uh, about his, about Dylan strong, to be completely honest. Like, you know, where's this guy going to land? You know, what's going on? Um, looking it up. What's that? I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. Especially because, yeah. Cause he qualified three years, uh, and then, two-year deal i just did an episode i swear to god i had i had dylan strom as an rfa 
Um, but yeah, I mean, with with that little point, he's definitely a, an attractive piece. Um, damn you, Cap Friendly. You have so many numbers. Yeah, so RFA. Yes, so that's his current contract, entry level. Yeah, I think so. All right, anyways, whatever. In any case, they know everyone knows that he's out next season unless he gets extended. So he's still trade bait, even RFA or not. The RFA just sweetens the deal. Um, yeah. And so, you know, you also have Sonny Milano. What's, what's your thoughts on that guy? I think he's been awesome. I think he's been great as well, especially at the price point. Mm-hmm. It's been, been an awesome pickup, really. Um, just, I, I'd like to see him – I mean – Maybe another like a one year deal, or you know something that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I I really like Strom and uh, but that that line that right now that uh, that they had you know with Backstrom, Wilson, and Milano when you know Wilson was was back in. Yeah. That that was clicking really well. I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, and I mean, uh, what do you think about about Wilson's injury? You think that's going to be a long term thing? I mean, blocking that shot coming, you know. Alan May talked about, you know, you get these guys back and then something happens and they're in and out of the lineup. And then, you know, finally they're good. That happens a lot. And we're just seeing the, that exact scenario play out. I mean, what are your thoughts on that on, on Tom Wilson? Uh, just hope they take it easy. Cause if, uh, you know, if we do have playoffs in mind, he's a guy that you want healthy. So I would, I hope they don't rush him back. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. And, it would be terrible if that was like a broken or fractured bone uh, where he got hit. God, I Last mean, come, right. <laughs> I know exactly. Oh like my God, no more. <laughs> right. It's just, and, and the injury train keeps rolling. And I, I look back at this and obviously it's really easy for us to be like fucking pissed about it. But if you think like the cup year, even the next year after that, and then like, five, six years before that, our injury problems were like non-existent. If somebody got injured, yeah, it was like, it was like Oshi maybe, and he'd be out that would, and then like occasionally we'd have Backstrom out, but like, you know, in hockey, I think we're just, I think capstans are just coming down to reality now. Like, obviously this is an incredible, uh, this is a injury prone season for sure. But last season was also the same way. Um, and you're seeing these older players kind of their body starting to break down. The issue is, is it like, it's like we saved up all of our non-injury karma and now it's just like everyone's injured, you know, like this is what you get to, you got to pay for it. Right. So it's like, we sold our soul to the devil a little bit there. I remember it was a lot of fun. We were like, you know, cheering on Carl Osner with the Iron Man run and, you know, Carlson with the similar, uh, you know, it, it was cool. You could talk about a couple players at that same time. And yeah, you're absolutely right. It's unfortunately night and day at this time. And I hope it gets bright soon. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> as fans, but also, you know, obviously you don't, you don't want to see a guy out for a bit. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And, uh, you know, Backstrom's hip resurfacing surgery. Like, uh, <laughs> I, I was just talking to, to a guy who used to play in the coast and he was like, Dude, you know what that means, right? He's he's a Swede too, and he's like, he's like one hundred percent. Like when guys come back, like in the pro sport level, hundred percent HGH. I'm like, what? No way. He's like, I don't know. You know, he's he was 
bordering conspiracy theorists, but it, it does make mm-hmm. sense. And I mean, Icarus, if you've seen that movie on Netflix, like it shows, it just goes to show that like, you know, these performance enhancing drugs can actually like, mm-hmm. and I mean, if we're looking at it from a business standpoint, they can put your product back on the ice faster, uh, safer, you know, if there wasn't a stigma around using the technology, the medical technology that's out right now, you know, and I'm not, I'm not, I know this is a touchy subject in pro sports. I'm not like petitioning for everyone to be juiced to the gills, <laughs> except for the MLB, except for the MLB. Like in, in baseball, I would like, I think that steroids should be mandatory. Like I think they should only live till <laughs> like 40. They should be so juiced that they're just like swinging the bat. Like the ball's going like 130 and like, they should be like, not guys should... climbing up the wall to catch it. And <laughs> yeah. so, this is gone. They're like, no, it's not <laughs> right. I want to see like superhero shit in the MLB because come on. I mean, they, as far as physical activity, like what's that outfielder doing for like nine innings, like catches three balls. Come on. He can do, he can make it a little bit more intense. Right. Um, like Space okay. Jamba for baseball, like Monstars. Exactly. Dude, I'd be about it. <laughs> yeah, I would be about right. it. Viewership would skyrocket. Imagine another home run record race between like 10 people. <laughs> yeah, dude, and it's like won a game. Like. Right. <laughs> yeah. right, right. And, and it's like, you know, they'll they'll have to make like a, a, some sort of like cool baseball slang that's like a hat trick for someone who has three home runs in one game. <laughs> you know um okay yeah so we're that's that conversation's way off the rails but i'm not i'm not it. accusing nick backstrom of doing any of this it's just kind of a funny conversation i had today when i was like you know talking to uh, a guy who played at a high level and was like you know that's crazy that he came back so quickly and you know whatever it may be uh maybe he himself was juicing i don't know like <laughs> but um you know i love uh i, I think that in any case, uh, Nick Backstrom looks really good. I mean, he yeah. it took him like three games, and that's what's crazy about how good these guys are in the NHL is like how quickly they can come back. I mean, you ever seen a guy go down in beer league for a season, take like a season off, and then come back? It's like they never played hockey before. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's it's rough. Um, yeah, and unfortunately, yeah, I've seen I've seen that a couple times. Um, I, I saw it unfortunately with. COVID, I, I think uh, COVID bug oh, yeah. had gotten some folks, and not even like COVID itself. I'm talking about like the pantry, and they just weren't the same <laughs> coming back from hockey or to hockey at all. And um, yeah, dude, it was it was uh, kind of rough. But yeah, dude, I've, I've seen I've seen it unfortunately in um, beer league. You know, a guy goes down, and a lot of times it's the time away, but it's also like. There's a hesitation when you're like when they're a little bit older and it's they know it's beer league. It's they get a little bit gun shy about the same injury again. Yeah. So the back he's back out there, and I th- he would be like the first person to ever come back successfully from that surgery because right. I'm pretty sure Will Kessler had the same surgery. Mm-hmm. And that's so. not even in hockey. That's in like most professional sports. There was a tennis pl- and and you know whenever you hear them reference this in the media. They always talk about a tennis player who came back to really what is considered very limited success based upon the trajectory that that guy's career was going before this, the injury. Um, so if Nick, like, you know, if the Washington Capitals do win a cup this year, I think Nick Backstrom needs to skate the thing around first, uh, you know, alone, no Ovi, just have his, have his lap to really, really kind of see it come together. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, 
Uh, it's it's remarkable in any sense to see him coming back, and I'm so happy for it because, you know, obviously Ovechkin's a huge part of the team. We've had a lot of really like you know longstanding members come in and out, um, but like you think about a guy who's been here for many people's formative years for the last decade and almost two decades, bringing on two decades, and Nick Backstrom's right there, um, you know, yeah. constantly snubbed. I think for, you know, all-star, one of the, the best all-star. Yeah, everything. Every individual so, accolade that there is, you know. I think that there's plenty of seasons he could have been considered for the Selkie Award. And, oh, like, that's yeah. not even just from being a Caps fan. There's seasons I'm like, yo, how is he not even in the discussion? Like, right. But he doesn't want those things. And that's, I think, being a fan of this team has been has been special. And I think that's, like, it's what made the Cup win so special. But having somebody that's that humble, that's just a down to earth dude uh, that loves the sport and loves playing for the city. Like it, it's awesome being a Caps fan. Absolutely. And, and Thank you, Nick. yeah. And I don't know, man, like, so when the Penguins kicked us out of the playoffs on, on way to their second fucking rung of the back to back, Nick Backstrom, like almost crying came up and said, like, listen, Caps fans, like, it's on us. Like, we're sorry, but I fucking, I promise you, we're going to fucking get you one. And then the next season he goes out and gets us one. I'm like, Oh dude, like that's, that's Felt enough that. to, to fuel my like good mojo for the rest of my life for sure. Um, I was I literally mean, thinking of that exact moment just before <laughs> you said that. I was like, oh, when back, he said that. So it's so cool. You mentioned it, man. Yeah, dude. I mean, that was like one of those things that I was just like, cause you don't see that a lot in professional sports, first of all, but like, uh, actual, you know, hockey players aren't generally like, you know, that emotive, I guess you could say in that sense. And yeah, he was definitely feeling it. Uh, and he, I can't believe he apologized on national television and then promised a cup. He's like, we're going to get you one. We're going to get, and then it wasn't about him. It wasn't like, we need to do this for it us. It was like, yeah, it was like, I believed him when he said that I was like, Dude. fuck yeah, I believe that they're going to do it. Yeah, I was ready to run through a fucking wall. I was like, I was, I would have done anything. I was, I was ready to die for the cause on that one for sure. Uh, you know, a guy that's so soft-spoken, playing with like saying that. I mean, and again, that just goes back to like, did you really want to think about a Washington Capitals team in the OV area era that didn't have Nick Backstrom? Like, I don't even care if Nick Backstrom was a fourth-line guy, negative twenty, like every season. Like I would still want for the next few seasons to just see Nick Backstrom out there and like, you know, doing what he does. Uh, uh, I just, he just has a, like an all time pass in the, in the city for me. Like he can play till he's 45. I don't care. hundred percent, man. Like <laughs> I, the OV era isn't the OV era without Backstrom, you know, those, right. those numbers are going to go on the rafters together. Um, it, it's, it's been so much fun to watch, man. Absolutely. It would be weird. It would be so weird to have, you know, eight without the 19. I know. And, and it's looking like, you know, maybe that, that will eventually be the case, like the last year of his contract, but at the same time, like, uh, I mean, it would be so fitting to see like OV get like nine hundo and then both of them just retire like one, one year earlier, like Nikki goes and then OV just retires before the next year. Um, I could I could take that as far as retirement goes from from Ovechkin, um, and then he can go to Russia or do whatever he wants to do. But uh, and then I think Backstrom will probably go play in Sweden for a while just to, you know, go home. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, fucking love this team, dude. I think that, and so what, what do you think? Like, so we do, <laughs> dude, we, we've, we've been just going off on like crazy sentimental tangents all, all, <laughs> all episode, man. But, uh, when we're when we're talking about the playoffs, what we really don't want is that third spot, because if you look at Boston and I I, I check this like once a week just to get my fucking brains exploded, uh, because the Boston Bruins are are on a pretty historical uh, season right now. Olmark fastest goalie to twenty five. You know they're like the fastest team to however many points in a lot in probably NHL history. They're looking to eclipse a hundred points in like a month. And they could lock in a playoff spot with like 20 games left, which is crazy. I mean, even the Washington Capitals, when they were on their peak regular season success, couldn't touch that. Uh, yeah. Their goal differential is actually down to a mere plus 78. 50 games played. Their goal differential is a plus 78. They have lost in total... 12 games, five overtime losses. They haven't even hit double digit regular season losses yet. Like regulation losses, I should say. Let's hope the caps start to peak at a good time again, you know? Um, (laughs) Yeah. That's uh, I mean, we, I mean, the seasons that we were on fire, those, the, you know, the back-to-back presidents runs. um, And as, as everybody was talking about us during those runs, it wasn't even like this. That we're seeing with the Bruins, and I know, but we had those dips at the end of the season, both both years, and we went into those lulls at a really crappy time. Um, so I mean, that could happen with the Bruins, but I think that they're pretty hungry. I mean, they they have, I think, the best leader in the NHL in that locker room, with Patrice Bergeron. Um, he's he came back. He signed a one year deal for a reason. Um, you come back from that coaching change, and you know, I, I think that. It, you had a lot of guys that were kind of looking for a way out of Boston. Now all of a sudden there's a change in coaching and it, they're firing on all cylinders. You know, Allmark is an amazing goalie, amazing yeah. goalie. I love him in Buffalo. Um, he, Damon, I think I, I could definitely see that being everybody in, on the East East Coast. Uh, everybody's kryptonite, really, if going into the playoffs. If if they stay hot, and you know keep clicking the way they are and yeah. have the motivation, you know, to let 37 retire with a cup. I think that's going to be a terrifying team to face. Dude, no doubt. And again, and then, so Bergeron, and if you remember, Krejci was also on his way to being forced out. He signed another team friendly deal. I mean, these guys came back with the intention of winning a cup. Like let's not mince words here. Um, yeah. And it shows. It, I think it's funny because like Bruce Cassidy, who is a douchebag in DC back to our day, you know, just totally got really bad press was a real, like kind of like a fucking dumpster fire. He was, he was coaching under Randy Carlisle at that point. Right. Like, I mean, legend, that guy's a legend in the league. And then it was like him and, and Glenn Hanlon were like <laughs> handed this team and they completely botched the whole fucking thing and lost the room immediately. Um, mm-hmm. And so I could see why uh, Bruce Cassidy is, you know, it took him that that stint in DC took him 15 years to recover from as a coach, and I could see why. You know, now he's probably learned a lot from it, but at the same time, like obviously, some still pervasive, like some still old habits die hard uh, with him. Even though he's now with Vegas and they're doing well, but 
going back to the playoff picture, you know, it looks like Pittsburgh would play Boston, and that's just running into the buzz side. So see, I see that as a sweep uh, at this point in the I'm first like round. Just black and gold versus black and gold, and just the spoke to be running them over, backing up, and <laughs> running them over again. Yeah, and it would just be there would be red because the penguins' guts would just be like everywhere, <laughs> you know. It's all bleed. Yeah. Said. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm I'm here for that. Like I'm down for that. Um, and that is why the Washington Capitals like really can't afford to go to that second wild card spot because I feel like going against Boston in the first round that's a death knoll, dude. First of all, they're gonna be so yeah. pumped to be getting in and playing for something. Um, you know, because they have their division by 11 points. Toronto has 70. They have 81. I mean, it's over. It's over for all intents and purposes. Boston would basically just have to, like, fold as a team for them to not make the playoffs or, like, not make the playoffs in, like, one or two spot. Um, so, it, as of today, we'd be matched up against Carolina. And Carolina is one of those teams, man, that just doesn't get enough press. Because they're in a non-traditional market, you know, no, there's not a lot of buzz around them. They've been good for a few years. You've got Rod the Bod, Brindamore just flexing on people in the back, you know, and, you know, I'm, I'm liking it. But at the same time, their team is incredible, really young um, and explosive. So that's that would be quite the matchup. So, of course, yeah. we'd love to get into a divisional spot. But if the wild card is is what it is, I mean... What do you think? How do you think we stack up against Carolina? Probably, I mean, I feel like it's winnable, but I'm a homer. Yeah, I think it's one that's guaranteed to go to six or seven for sure. Yeah, um, it's it's not going to be an easy one, but like it, it would have to it would have to be veteran presence, you know, stepping up. This is a team that took us out in the bubble, and you know, we, we can we can do better. Sure. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll we would see what would happen with them, but I think the the, the outdoor game this year, although I'm very optimistic because we're three for three in outdoor games. Right. I'm like, this, this is the one time where it's like, shit, they could give us a run, but we'll see. Yeah. I'd be worried about playing Carolina. Their defense is stacked, and then they, they got guys that can really put the puck in the net. Absolutely, absolutely. They're a good team for sure. And it's funny because in the Southeast Division days, they were just like the whipping boys. Like, you know, like yeah. – you know, who, who's, who are these teams? You know, I can't believe that at one point the Washington Capitals were in a division with like Florida and Tampa Bay. Like it's wild. Um, but yeah. So anyways, I mean, is there anything else that you want to, I mean, we're, we're going on an hour and 12 and again, I thank you so much for coming on. It was like, it's always good catch up, man. Uh, yeah, we'll have to do this again for sure. Um, but is there anything that you wanted to like ask or plug or talk about? I know I've been talking way too much. No, nah, dude, you're, I, I love this, man. Uh, thank you for having me. Um, we do have a lot of cool stuff um, on socials. We are out of time, F-L-O-U-T-A-T-I-M-E-F-L. Um, we actually just shot a music video a couple of days ago that should be out in a little bit. Uh, we got tours to announce, some you know, some other cool uh, shows to announce that we're playing. And, um, yeah, we're writing a new album. So that's it's Exciting. actually the first time I guess we're talking about it anywhere is here it uh here first. So yeah, we are writing a new record. Oh yeah, an exclusive, an exclusive. <laughs> so we're very excited for that. And um yeah, and I'm excited to see what happens at the trade deadline, man. Uh my question for you is what do you what do you think your needs are our needs are as a team? Sure. And what do you what are your expectations? I I would love and and so here's the thing. What do the Caps need? 
that they can't get from outside the organization. I'm, I'm not sure that there's much. I Maybe like a, a in between the clout of Dylan Strom, Sonny Milano forward, which is what we already had in fucking Connor Brown, mm-hmm. but it didn't work out that way. So somebody like that, who's a little bit younger, who's got some jam, who's got some speed, some guy disruptors really. Um, I am not sold on Gustafson. I think he's good, but I think he's way too one faceted in, in the offensive side. Uh, I would much rather have a John Carlson in that role. And I don't know what the caps are going to be doing with any trickery because obviously John Carlson's injury was brutal. It's taking him a while to come back yeah. from what I've seen his, his, or from what I've heard his, his ear was actually like sheared off his head and like a bunch of, yeah. yeah. So that takes a while to come back from, obviously, hopefully there's no permanent damage there um, on a uh, really just a fluke play. And then, so I don't know if they're going to circumvent the cap there, but I feel like John Carlson is a necessary piece for a deep playoff run or a defenseman like him. The problem is, is that all of those things that I listed, I think are one out of the Washington Capitals price range by several million dollars. And two, I don't think that because of that, because other owners and other GMs know the Washington Capitals are just, you know, nuts to butts with a, with a, with a caps cap ceiling, they're going to use that to their advantage. They're going to be like, well, if you really want to clear up this cap space, like we need Ovi (laughs) or whatever, (laughs) you know, something crazy. And then they're going to work their way down from there. And I think Brian McClellan has too much experience in this league and is too much of a good deal maker to be leveraging assets that he knows that he needs to win now. And, uh, you know, we need to win now. So honestly, I, I think that the Washington Capitals maybe add a depth player. I don't think they're going to be making any waves in the, in the trade deadline. And again, I, I just, cause I think that our blue line, I think that next year we're going to see a very young blue line that's homegrown. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got Alexia, Alexiev. We've got some guys that are, that are in the farm that we've been hiding, quite frankly, uh, who haven't yeah. gotten a shot, uh, and really, we need two or three of them to step into this role, and that would free up so much cap space for us for next season. So I don't think Brian McClellan's all particularly worried about – I think he's just come to grips with, like, we're going to be losing a lot of the blue line, period. Yeah. Uh, our blue line was really considered a lot of reclamation projects and – um you know, discounted players to begin with, which is again, great GMing and that's kind of okay. So I really think that Brian McClellan didn't just fire all these trade, like these deals off into the sun to see like what would come back. I think that he really did have like a 10 year plan here, like a five year plan, mm-hmm. um, knowing how the contracts lined up. And I think that he designed his contracts to line up this way. So I really think that there's more than the Twitter armchair GM has, uh, <laughs> information wise, <laughs> um, in forethought, that's for sure. Um, so honestly, I, I I don't think the Washington Capitals are going to be making any big moves in the deadline. I think it's going to be quite boring, um, which is both good and bad, right? We're going to still see our same cast of players. We're going to be able to build chemistry, but at the same time, I'm not sure that we get noticeably or like substantially better after the deadline. Um, yeah. Now I say this, and we're putting this out live. This is 100% ingrained in the internet now we've etched our little corner out uh and this could blow up completely in my face and i could be looking like an absolute dumbass but hey you know what that's what this podcast is about putting out hot takes and seeing what happens so 
as much as I would love like a, a, a Chikrin with like a, like a fucking highly touted prospect forward prospect, that'd be mm-hmm. great. But you know, how does that really help us today when compared to the loss of John Carlson, who's been in this organization, who knows, you know, the players who has that chemistry, who has that background. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, if you're, if you're gearing up for a run, you usually go for a veteran. And I don't think that Jacob Chikrin is the guy. He doesn't have that clout about him yet. You know, he's not that guy that yeah. can step in and just be like, you know, fuck whatever just happened in my past life. Like this is a brand new start for me. And like, I need to perform instantly. I just don't see that happening though. I do think that he will, that dude's going to secure a bag. He's the number, he's probably the number one talked about um, defensive kind of guy that's on the line. He's expressed his, his want to move out of Arizona. And I think that they'll, mm-hmm. they're going to give him that. And I think that they're going to be looking for more like, first round pick, second round pick, third round pick and a fifth and seventh or something crazy plus a prospect or something from somebody. So um, he's a guy to build on, but unfortunately we've already built, we've already built the mansion. We've just got a party in it now, you know? <laughs> I love that. Good, good way to finish that. It's gonna be, I think this is going to be a fun off season though. Cause with the cap space are freeing up. I think that like, I know for sure that, OV and the organization, obviously, who doesn't want another cup? Right. Of course. So I, I, with how much space is being opened up, I think that could be a good pitch. Yeah. We might see a good pitch for a cup run next year. And then, cause it, let's, let's say if it happens next year, if OV still scores at this pace, the following season could be perhaps the Gretzky breaking year. So right. if there's a second cup, it's just like, fuck it. Just let's just let it, <laughs> let's just, Wait and patiently, patiently for him to hit eight ninety five. Right, right. I mean, yeah. I mean, at that point, if if they get a cup within the next two years, I mean, it's just that's ultimate best case scenario for the Washington Capitals. You know what I mean? I mean, that would be just the absolute cherry on top. All of these players that are, you know, and that would that would totally take the piss out of the argument that like it's a young man's speed game, all that shit that we hear all the time, which. You know, I've talked in, uh, ad nauseum about like what speed actually means in the NHL. It's you know not only systematic, but it's decision making and it's knowing and trust. Um, it's not just guys who skate fast, right? Um, in hockey, so you know I think that <laughs> when it comes when it comes down to that, I mean, yeah, that would be like just that'd be a bomb. I think thrown into like the like the whole atmosphere of of hockey and and everything, just interesting and. And almost serendipitous, like, obviously, to, to win a cup, so many good things have to happen to your team. Like, you have to be it, – it's the hardest trophy, I think, to win in, in professional sports. So, I, you know, it, so many things have to align to make it happen um, that, you know, almost – it was almost, like, divine in the sense that it was – that we got a cup, you know. So, again, of course, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan of the team. Obviously, I love Ovechkin. But – uh I'm I'm totally hoping that the, the Washington Capitals can continue and, and really not have those really dark years like the Pittsburgh Penguins have had, you know, like yeah. where they're just dog shit throughout. You know, we've had those already, right? I mean, you and I, <laughs> you and I were watching them back in the day when they were just absolute yeah. trash, um, you know, but for the most part, the Washington Capitals have been a very competitive team and I think they're going to do that moving forward. I think, um, you know, going back to, how we've how we've seen it you know we've seen kind of back in the in the you know the the black and black and white logos and things like that and then and then the rock the red era uh 
I mean, do you have like a favorite here? I mean, because if you look at the success, the Washington Capitals were a decent team, but nobody ever took them seriously back when we were kids watching them. And then Ovi came along, changed that entire thing. They became a contender and they have been for like, you know, 20 years ish, right? Or close to in the conversation, at least. I mean, is there a, what do you like better? (laughs) Cause, and the, the reason I say that is because right now we're in a unique position in the past decade and more that we're talking about playoffs at this early in the season. This never happens. All-star break and then another couple weeks and then we'll start talking about playoffs is like yeah. making it or not. But I don't know. You almost expect the Caps to. It's like, oh, yeah, well, when the playoffs come, like, and it's weird, you know, thinking like just like you mentioned, it's like when we were kids, it was like, I remember the push for the playoffs and it was like, <laughs> we'll come down to it's like, we were stressing and somehow we were also the, we won the Southeast division, but that was also because the Southeast division was like what the thrashers, <laughs> hurricanes, um, bolts, and then cats, you know, right. and then the capitals were like, so we, it was a wild year because if we didn't win the Southeast, then it was one of those guys. Right. Um, and, but I was, I remember one of those years and it was like all the playoffs push pushes and it was great when he had the heart of, you know, Oli Kolzig and Peter Bondra. Yeah. Like those guys were were fighting and just playing their hearts out to keep the Capitals relevant. And they did for guys like you and I and like other fans just like us. So I have so much love for that era. The Rock the Red era was it was uh was interesting, you know, for sure with you know, we all had so much hope there for a cup because like, you know, we had, you know, Bruce Boudreau coaching us and you know, had Greeny, Salmon there, you know, with Alex and, you know, with like Obi and Backstrom. It, it was a fun, that was such a fun time too. So like, it's been a cool evolution into what we are now. Like the Capitals are like a team that if you're talking hockey, you can't talk about, o- you can't not talk about Obi. Right. Before like the Capitals are just, you know, we were one of those, you know, less marketed teams, but now it's a household hockey name and, um, I've loved the journey, but I'm excited, excited to see what's coming next. Cause I feel like we're onto something good here. Um, we definitely are building for the future with, um, the net miners we have. And, you know, they said that they're going to always compete with OV under contract and that's still for a few more years. So that's awesome. No. Yeah. And I, I agree. I mean, I think it's just been a crazy journey to think about what the Washington Capitals were pre lockout. And then, you know, even been a little bit into post lockout and then like now here. Um, and I mean, I think that Caps fans, you should be proud of like what the organization has done. You know, it's a, it's a good team to follow. It's a, it's a solid culture. I mean, I, I like it. I like it a lot. Um, uh, I'm proud. I love Ted Leonsis, man. I, I, dude, I think he's the best owner. <laughs> dude. And uh, not only that, to have – because – you know, if you look at Ted Leonsi, do your research, you know, obviously AOL was a big thing. So he's like kind of like a big, he was like the tech millionaire before tech was, a, was a th- its own industry in that sense. And then he was just like, you know what? I've made so much money. Like, what would I want to do with unlimited money? And it's like, buy sports teams in my hometown. <laughs> like, <laughs> that dude, you know, I said you were living the dream, but that dude's living the real dream, no, right? And he's made our dream come true by bringing the Stanley Cup to D.C. Like I know. I know. I mean, say what you will about Ted Leonsis. You know, now we're in like the third evolution of Ted. He, he used to be a very heavy man. Now he's now he's really healthy. And I mean, well, he's very he's much skinnier now and, and whatnot. But like, you know, say what you will about him. But the dude is like 
uh, I don't know. I mean, it, to make a any professional sports team profitable is incredibly hard, and he's done it to all the sports teams that he owns. So, yeah, I, I love it. I love it for him. Uh, I love it for the Caps fans. Uh, the results speak for themselves. Let's just say that. Dude, he uh, and this is actually a true story. My um, my hockey coach was also my neighbor when I was a okay. kid, and um, I I when the the Caps were going to be changing up their jerseys in like the early like right in the two thousand transition. I don't know if you remember this, but it ended up not happening. But I was like, oh, I can design them, and I like drew like four jersey options up. Oh yeah, and my neighbor is um is an awesome dude, great mentor of mine. Um, had. Like he owned a welding company that actually built, uh, was then MCI, uh, MCI center. Um, yeah. you know, and that was well to capital one. So he, he had a contact and was able to send like scan and send Ted Leonsis, the shitty jerseys I drew <laughs> and like, dude, Ted Leonsis actually, like, I, I remember this, like, cause I went over and got to see it. Like he responded to the email, like was what? cool enough to send, like, he didn't have to respond to my crayon drawings that I did. Like, cause like, I mean, it, it was crayon for sure. Yeah. And he didn't, he did not have to. He was like, it, it was, I can't remember exactly, but it was like, Hey, we already had a new Jersey picked out, but you know, really, we really like these and thank you for like, he didn't have to do that. So. Right. It was he was just, gracious with long. just kind of making your day there. Dude. Like I, I thought it was bullshit at first, but no, like, I was like little 10, 11 year old me. It was just, thank you. Thank you, Ted. Appreciate you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's an incredible story. Fuck. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Good stuff. And now that I'm older, I realize how cool that actually is. It's like, yeah, it's kind of a, like kind of a big deal for me. And I don't know. It, it always meant a lot to think back on it. Right. Right. I mean, you, you know, we talk about, you know, once you're an adult and again, like us being the elder millennial, uh, crowd, like, you realize like how busy fucking people are and it's crazy to think like how busy Ted Leonsis is and he just like fired you off an email is like, Oh, thanks. And like a thoughtful one too. It sounds, you know, not just like, yeah. thanks dude. Like, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. look at this correctly. No, <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Um, that was awesome. That, that's awesome, dude. Fucking hilarious. <laughs> what could have been. And now look yeah. at you, dude, you're doing screen printing. You're a fucking, you're a touring artist. You're doing music full time. I mean, Hey, things work out, right? And I ended up being creative anyway. So exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, hell yeah, man! All right, well, look, I think uh, we'll cut it here, dude. It was it was one of my longer interviews of the season, but it's just like so good, uh, you know, just talking talking to you and like other just another kind of Caps fan from a different industry. I love it. So um, you know, I guess uh, you plugged. We gave, we gave you the chance to plug the stuff, right? So uh, why don't you just do it one more time? let everyone know where to find you and where to find the band. And then we'll cut it from there. For sure. Um, you can find out of time at out of time FL that's O U T A T I M E F L, uh, on all socials. You can find me Mike Forbes three, seven on Instagram. Uh, that is the only social media that I have outside of the old book faces. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, but uh, thank you so much for having me, dude. I've, this was a lot of fun. It's nice to be on here a second time and I'm looking forward to getting the Hattie, man. I can't wait. Absolutely. No, it's, it's, it's all but a done deal for sure, man. Um, Polly, Polly had a kid and he's like jettisoned. He's like, you know, doing daddy stuff. So he's been off this season. Congratulations, Polly. 
Yeah, yeah. So shout out, Polly. So yeah, I've been like scrambling for interviews, but um, you know, hell, after like once playoff starts, I'm gonna probably like retapping some of the some of the networks. So I'll definitely have to like get you in again, uh, for for this season. And uh, you know, stay on after after I do this outro because we gotta talk shirts. Maybe there's a merch release on from Cap Strip that we can get going. Um, Let's do it. Absolutely. So, uh, Caps fans, until Monday. I hope you enjoyed this this interview with Mikey Forbes of Out of Time. Absolutely give them a follow, listen to their music, buy their stuff, do all the things that you need to do to support them. And uh, until next time, talk at y'all. Mikey Forbes, signing off. Cheers, guys. Hey, Caps fans. Thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Trip podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trolling on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow the show's handle at Caps Chirp on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network at HockeyPodNet on social and thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. The Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore.